I was watching a recording the other day, a DVD. It was of this 25-year-old guy, and uh, he's just been to the doctor. He'd been feeling a bit weary and different things, and the diagnosis comes back and says, uh, you have got grade four cancer, 25 years old, and you have six months left to live. That moment, he made a critical decision, and he said, uh, I'm not going to take this lying down. I'm, I'm going to fight this thing. And it's a really important decision to make, whatever you're facing today. And so he'd go to bed at night, and in the middle of the night, he'd wake up early hours in the morning, and he'd be absolutely in pain because it was a very painful cancer. And so he'd get up, nothing else to do. He'd pray, and he'd worship for about 40 minutes. And in that 40 minutes, the pain would subside. He'd go to sleep. Second night, the same scenario repeated itself. Got up in the night, prayed, worshiped for about 40 minutes, and pain would subside, go to sleep. This happens a third time. And the third time when he gets up the early hours of the morning, he's, he's praying and he's just reaching out to the Lord and he feels this heat wave, this fire just goes through his entire body. And so the pain decreases. He goes back to sleep. But this time when he wakes up, there's no pain. So he thought, this is, this is, a good, this is good news. He goes off to the doctor a uh, while later when he had his next scan or whatever they had to do. And the doctor comes back with a report and he says to him, every trace of grade four cancer has gone from your body. He was totally healed by God's power. But wait, there's more. With this cancer, the bone, where the cancer is, the bones disintegrate and there's kind of like broken bones with no bones left. And the doctor reports back to him and says where those bones had disintegrated and disappeared, he said, you have brand new bones. How great is our God? Come on, church. How awesome is the God that we serve? Nothing is too hard for my God. And He loves that 25-year-old as much as He loves you. God has no favorites, and He's willing to work in all of our lives. He is the God of the breakthrough. So recently, I was in our 24-7 prayer room that we have in West Auckland there. We'd been doing three days of prayer and fasting. And uh, halfway through that, about the second or third day, go into the prayer room, and uh, as sometimes happened, God speaks very clearly to me. And He gave me this phrase. And the phrase was this, Lord of mighty breakthroughs. Not, I've got up here, Lord of breakthrough, all right? But what God said to me, no, no, I'm the Lord of mighty breakthroughs. Church Unlimited, get ready to see breakthrough at a whole new level. Get ready to see break, mighty breakthroughs happening in your church and in your lives. And that was a clear word from God to my heart. And uh, as if to confirm God's word to me, a few days later, a man walks into the reception of Church Unlimited Offices West and hands the receptionist a check for $100,000. He is a God of mighty breakthroughs. He is an awesome God. And so I want to speak on that theme today. I got a, uh, a, uh, a prophecy from Greta Peters recently, and she said this to me, and she didn't know what God had told me. And she said, Church Unlimited is a house of breakthrough. Tell the person next to you, this is a house of breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It really is. It's what you're going to discover this more and more. And then she goes on to say this. She said, God has increased the anointing for breakthrough and you will see breakthrough at a whole new level. For Church Unlimited, unprecedented days lie ahead. This will be because of the Lord's presence and glory 
And then she adds, you'll need to raise up new young leaders. I love young leaders being raised up in God's house, and we have a real passion for that in church unlimited. All through history, man has the ability, you know, they're, they're now, what are they doing with the genes and the thing on, the, on TV? They were saying that they can, what was it? You know, Don, what are they doing? Yeah, the DNA strand and taking things out. I mean, I look at that stuff and I think, boy, there's some geniuses around. And, but mankind has the ability to make breakthroughs. I mean, you think of the, you know, the, the automobile and the, the telephone and the iPhone and the, we keep getting stuff coming up back up here. Am I moving around too much? Am I? I'm a runner. So, okay, <laughs> just be ready for the run, okay? Uh, and um, the, the, the airplane and all those things, putting a man on the moon. God has wired human beings to break through. It's, it's in their DNA. And one of the reasons I believe God's done that is because He knew that you and I, through the course of our lives, we would face challenges that were like massive mountains that we thought, man, I can't, I can't handle this. I can't get through this. I can't overcome this obstacle. And God, knowing that, put in us an anointing to break through against the odds, to break through when it looks like it's impossible. So this is the God that we serve. And that, you know, there's a scripture in Micah 2.13 which says, the breaker, Messiah, which is Jesus, will go up before them. They will break through. Guess what? Jesus is a breaker, okay? And so he can break through every opposition. No mountains too high, no valleys too deep, no problems too difficult for our Jesus to break through. But the good news is this, friends, that the breaker, guess where he lives? He's living in, you tell the person next to you, there's a breaker in you. Yeah. There is, a, there is a breaker. And I reckon he's wanting to break out. I reckon he's wanting to break through. And we heard it for the men this morning, didn't we? He wants you to break through to a whole new level in your relationship with Him, in your walk with God, in your, your worship of Him, to break through to something. So there's a breaker inside every one of us. Now, if you think about it, you've already had a breakthrough in your life. I guarantee you've had a breakthrough either in a relationship or finances or in your health or in your family or something. How many of you have had at least one breakthrough in your life? Yeah, give us a... Okay, most hands are going up. Guess what? If you've had one breakthrough, you can have another one and another one and another one and another one, and another one. Come on, you can have more and more breakthroughs. Keep believing. I see so many breakthroughs in my life. I see so many breakthroughs in our church because I'm a great believer in the Lord of the breakthrough. There was a time in our church and in Auckland there where there was a lot of unsaved husbands. And it just, you know, so the wives would be coming with the kids and we, we watched this happen. Someone bringing three or four or five kids. It was really hard work. And so I began to think, this is not good. And eventually I thought, we should actually pray about this. Do you know something, church? We put up with too much and do nothing about it. We just think, oh man, that's been terrible for five years. Well, it doesn't have to keep on being terrible for, for five more years. Sometimes we've got to stand up like that guy with cancer and say, no, I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm going to fight this thing and deal with it in Jesus' name. And so what we started, we started to pray. We said, God, give us a breakthrough with unsaved husbands. And, and so maybe two or three weeks down the line, I have an altar call for salvation. A guy comes to the front, gives his life to the Lord. I realize it's one of the unsaved husbands. A few weeks later, there's a second unsaved husband. A month or so later, there's another unsaved husband. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. And so husbands and wives started to come to church together. 
Before I was saved, the church I, I ended up going to, they had a lot of young, beautiful, fantastic girls, but there was hardly any young guys. And so it was a bit of a crisis. So they thought we needed a breakthrough. So they started to pray. And they said, God, send us some, some young men. And they said, God, we want the finest. We want the best looking, the most charismatic, intelligent, with washboard abs. God, send them to us. And, and I got saved. That is a true story. That is true. Me among many of them, I think I was the best one that they got, but anyway. And then Adrian grabbed me pretty quickly, so the others didn't, you know. <laughs> a million hearts were broken when she got me, I tell you. <laughs> Including hers. <laughs> that would take five years. Anyway, what are we talking about? I was the first one to become a Christian after a long line of Hindus. My parents were Hindus. My grandparents were Hindus. My great-grandparents were Hindus. You could probably go back hundreds, if not thousands of years of a Hindus, Hindus after Hindus after Hindus. It's almost like this, this, this tree just going on forever and ever, powerful, strong tree of everyone being a Hindu. And I was the first one for God to break that mold because He is the God of the breakthrough. And I became born again about 1974 when I was one years old. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so God made the breakthrough. I think Adrian said he's lying. No, no. I'm a Christian. Christians don't lie, do they? Anyway, and so then, so I got saved and then my, my, my brother got saved and then my father got saved and then my mother got saved and then another brother got saved. Guess what? I've started a new line. A new line. A new line of Jesus lovers, a new line of Jesus followers, a new line of people who don't worship Hindu gods, but worship the one true living God. His name is Jesus. And that's who we worship, and that's who we celebrate. He is the God of the breakthrough. From the beginning, God established this principle of breakthrough. So I want you to come with me to Genesis in chapter 1. Some of you thought he's never going to get to the Bible, but I have. All right, so verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Some of you may, this may be some of you here. Darkness is all over the face of your life, your family. It's just darkness everywhere. So this was happening right at the beginning. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Isn't it interesting? There was darkness over the earth. The Spirit of God was hovering, but nothing changed. Ever been to a powerful meeting? Presence of God, then you're thinking, man, if everyone's going to get my breakthroughs today, you go home the same, nothing's changed. So what happened here. Spirit was God, nothing happened. But then let's go to the next verse. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Nothing happened until God made a declaration. Let there be light. The darkness went and the light came. I have a conviction, and I've heard it said by others, that God virtually does nothing in his kingdom, without declaration. Someone has to stand up and voice what we're believing to see or believing to happen in our families, in our lives, our finances, in our church, our circle, whatever, in our community, in our nation. Someone's got to start declaring there can be a revival in Northland and, and Whangarei and New Zealand. Someone's got to say it, friends, because that, that voice gives 
power to the spiritual forces out there for God to begin to move and do something. So I'm a very big believer in making declarations all the time. So, you know, little happens unless we make a, a, a declaration. So we're going to do that at the end of the service today. We did it last time I was here, but we're going to do it again. Church Unlimited has had a prophetic word over the years that not only would we declare declaration or make declarations, but at times they would happen immediately. Who's in for immediate? Yeah, yeah, breakthroughs immediately. See, God can do it sometimes immediately. It doesn't always happen that way. Proverbs 18.21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So here's the same truth again, isn't it? The tongue is the key. You see, we're made in the image of God. Is that right? And so God's words are powerful, right? Yeah. So our words are powerful because we're made in the same image. So the words that you speak, either they create life or they create death. There's no in between. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so what happens is this, with our words, we create an atmosphere around us in which we then have to live. And I'm asking the question, what atmosphere are you creating around your life? Is it one of life or is it one of death? What sort of atmosphere are you creating around your home? around your workplace, you know, uh, around, the, around your church, around your small group, whatever it might be. What atmosphere are you creating? Because your words will determine that atmosphere. And so God wants us to learn to speak right words. And some of you know the power of words because when you were growing up, things were said to you like, you're stupid. You're not going to amount to much. You're useless. You're ugly. Why can't you be like your sister or your brother? And we all know, I mean, I had words spoken to me that affected me for decades because words are so powerful and words spoken to us. And so our words really do have creative force, I guess, uh, if you can put it that way. I've got a grandson by the name of Zach and he's not here this morning, so I can say this, but sometimes he's a challenge. He's four years old and, you know, he can do some things and, uh, you know, give, some, give, us, uh, give his parents and his grandparents a bit of a challenging time. And, but I always, whenever I see Zach, and when I talk to others about Zach, I always say, he's the number one best boy. Someone, he might have a bad day, and I say, no, 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 he's the number one best boy. His mum might say something, I say, he's the number one best boy. I guarantee you something, he will become the number one best boy. Why? Because of declaration. I'm creating his future over him, and you can do that for the people around you. You can do it for your children as well. So in one island culture many years ago, it was a custom of men to trade cows for a wife. True story. Okay, so a father might receive two cows for an average daughter. Above average, get three cows. Only a rare beauty would ever get four cows. One father had a daughter. She was below average. Sad day. So he hoped for one cow. But there was a man on the island considered the most clever trader. And he came along, and he offered for this below-average girl eight cows. I mean, a rare beauty gets four. This guy's offering eight. Everyone thought the guy has lost his mind. But it wasn't long before this below-average girl, as it were, was transformed into the most beautiful woman on the island. Why? Because she kept hearing and thinking I'm an eight-cow wife. She began to see herself as an eight-cow wife, and she became an eight-cow wife. So here's the question, husbands, this morning. How many cows is your wife worth? All right? All right? 
because my, my wife is worth 10,000 cows, all right? Now, a rare beauty gets uh, four. This one got eight, 10,000. So when you get home, you might want to have a discussion with your wife as to exactly how it's getting on there. But can you see, friends, that is a true story. The power of declaration. We'll get back to that in a little while. So I want to look at right now some aspects of declaration. How are we going to do this? Number one is declaring God's word. See, biblical declaration is basically you're agreeing with God. You see, if two agree is touching anything, it shall be done. So if myself and Don agree, that's more powerful than just me agreeing on my own. Two of us agree, it's more powerful. But when God and I agree, that's, that's a little bit better than Don. You're not sure about that, church? Huh? I'm telling you, it's a bit better than Don, all right? So when, I, when God and I agree, it is incredibly powerful to make a difference. And that's why uh, declaring God's word is so tremendous. So when Satan attacked Jesus, and you can say Jesus needed a breakthrough, how did he get his breakthrough? He just said to Satan, Matthew 4, verse 4, Satan, it is written. It is written. He just declared and agreed with the word of God. And every time, every single time, Satan had to flee. One of the problems we've got in the Western church today is that 85% of Christians, they say, do not read the Bible Monday through Sunday. So you cannot say it is written if you don't know what is written. And so you can imagine some Christian, they're coming up against a real trial and they're thinking, man, I need a breakthrough here. They remember this message here at Church Unlimited, Whangarei, yeah, right, I've got to declare the word of God. So Satan's attacking and they say, okay, Satan, Satan, it is written. Satan, it's, it's written. Give me 10 minutes, please. He go and find his Bible, just gets the dust off there, sneezes away 20 times. By the time he comes back and says, Satan, it's written, he's been wiped out. You can't say what's written if you don't know. We've got to get the church of Jesus Christ back to the Word of God. It's probably one of the greatest challenges facing the Western church today is getting us back to being Bible-reading Christians. And because that's where your strength is, that's where your power is, that's where you're going to get results and breakthroughs. So a number of years ago, Adrian's uh, she loves... Uh, um, exercising, walking, cross-train, all that sort of stuff. I like watching her do it, and I say, can you do 10 minutes for me? And she said, it doesn't work that way. I say, don't you love me? You know, surely you can do it for me. But uh, she still refuses, so if someone can talk to her about that, I'd be really appreciate that. So she gets this pain in her feet, and it goes on for a number of weeks, and it's really distressing because it just wouldn't go away. It's limiting her exercise. Now, some people, if they can't exercise, they don't mind a lot, but she really minded. One day, she's lying down, and um, I said, let, you know, her feet were causing her pain. I said, let me pray for you. Put my hands on her feet. I began to pray for her. And after I prayed for a little while, immediately this verse of Scripture comes to mind. And I, I begin to pray it over. I give you uh, Luke 10, 19, is it? I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy that nothing may by any means harm you. I took authority over that pain. I trampled that scorpion under my feet. And friends, her feet were healed in Jesus' name. And it never came back. And that's, see, he's a God of the breakthrough. But why could I say Luke 10, 19? Because it was in here. And the Holy Spirit brought it to the surface when it was needed. So friends, get this book in you. Eat it, eat it every day. 
Because when you're going to need a word from God, it will come up. The Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the word that you've already deposited in your spirit by the Holy Ghost. Okay, prophetic declarations is another aspect of this. And these are declarations made in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They bring tremendous breakthrough. Why? Because we're not just speaking our words. We're speaking words quick and they're God's own words. So why don't you come with me to Isaiah chapter 55, 11. It may come up on the screen. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is going to be there. So I'll read it from there. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is what God speaks. It shall not return to be void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Do you know contained in God's promises to us and prophecies to us, listen, is the power to fulfill the promise. God's promise contains a power. God's prophecy contains a power. You don't have to make it happen. You may have to fulfill some conditions. You may have to be diligent, but the promise in itself, the prophecy in itself has the power to fulfill what God is wanting to do in your life or in your situation. So God gave us a word for Church Unlimited about uh, three months ago about acceleration of expansion. And I could have freaked out and thought, man, I'm going to have to work harder and do this, that, and the other and pray more to make this acceleration of expansion happen. Well, friends, no, I didn't have to do that because contained in the promise was a power to perform it. And we have experienced acceleration of expansion. In the last six months, Church Unlimited, across our four campuses, we've increased by 1,000 people. That's acceleration of expansion. When God gives you a word, there's power in the word to see it fulfilled. So it's good to get words from God. So we see this in um, Abraham. Promised a son. She's 90. He's 100. Who reckons that's impossible? No one. You all think, what sort of church you got here? They all think it's possible. No, no, hey, this, is, this is a miracle church here. All right, watch out, you 70, 80-year-olds here in this place, because, okay, because any of you, according to no one said this is, no one thought that was impossible, so you all, you be careful, all right. Moving along, moving along. All right. It seemed impossible. With Romans 4, 20 to 21, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. What God promises, he can perform, especially when you start to declare the promise. See, some of you got promises, some of you got prophecies, but you're not declaring them. Start declaring them. That's what gives God power to actually then begin to fulfill. Church Unlimited, we declare our prophecies all the time. We declare the prophetic word, the promises. We just repeat them over and over again. That's why we keep declaring revival in New Zealand because God's promised that we will see revival in New Zealand. That's why we declare revival in Whangarei and Northland because we believe God has said there's going to be a great revival in this region. So we just keep declaring it. In the promise is the power to perform it. So Bobby is a Christian, raised in a Christian home, but around the teenage years begins to lose his way. One day he just disappears. Two years he's gone. Parents have no idea where he is. Has he been murdered? Killed? Overdose of drugs? No idea. Imagine the pain of that. Two years gone. Son, young son, gone for two years. Father's driving along one day and there's this excruciating pain that he's feeling within his heart. So he pulls the car over to the side of the road. He gets out of the car. It's almost like with prophetic inspiration. I don't know what it was. But he points to the north and he says, Bobby, come home. He says to the west, east, east, west, Bobby, come home. South, Bobby, come home. Yells it all out. Gets in his car, drives back home. Boy's been missing two years. Two days later, 
opens the door, there's Bobby. He says, Bobby, what brought you home? I quote, Bobby says, I was sitting on a porch of an old shack on the edge of the Arizona desert, stoned on drugs. He said, the wind started blowing and it grew stronger. He said, Dad, I'm sure I heard your voice in the wind saying, Bobby, come home. And I got here as fast as I could. You see, declaration gives power to the spirit realm and the Holy Spirit and God himself to do something in your situation and your circumstance. And the beauty about declaration as well is it because it, it, it forces us to be positive. Because we know when we're troubled and downcast and struggling, we can become very negative and we can say very negative things. Declaration forces you to be positive. You know, what, when, when I look at the state of this nation, you know, to think revival is almost like, no, no, it's not going to happen. It's, you know, the, the church is weak and people aren't reading the book. I could easily go that direction, friends. But I don't. I choose to declare there will be a great revival in this nation. You don't see declarations. You ignore the circumstances and you declare what you believe God has said and what you believe God can do. That's the power of declaration that we need to learn to make more and more. But also with this whole area of declarations, um, let's go to Mark eleven twenty three, Because we need to learn to speak to mountains. Mark eleven twenty three. it may not come up. Here, I'll read it to you. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So we are to speak to mountains, command them to be removed. God's given us authority to do that. Do you remember Moses at the Red Sea? You know? The water in front of them, no way over, no way around, no way under. The enemy's right on their, on their, on their tail. And so Moses says, God! <laughs> if you read that passage, God says, what are you calling out to me for? Hello? He said, you, raise your rod. I've given you authority. And you're, you're God's man for the hour. And I've given you authority. And we know what happens. So, you know, he raises his rod and the whole thing gets part and a miracle takes place. An old prophet friend of mine, Brian Bailey, you'd remember him from many years ago. He said to him, Jesus, either in a vision or a dream or Jesus appeared to him, I don't know what it was, but said to him, the Lord said, my people are not obeying me. And he said, well, God, what do you mean they're not obeying you? He said this. He said, they keep asking me to move their mountains, but I've given them authority to do it. And that was like disobedience. So friends, let's stop pleading and let's start declaring and let's start commanding. Have you ever read through the prayers of Jesus and the prayers of the apostles in the Bible? They were very short, like rise up and walk, be open, be cleansed, be healed, arise. One preacher said, and I don't quite agree with it, but I like what he means. He said, any prayer longer than 30 seconds is unbelief. Now, I believe in praying long, long time. But friends, it's not how long you pray, it's how much you pray with, how much faith you pray with. The key is faith. The key is believing that God is hearing your prayers and He's gonna answer those prayers. And when you have a real faith, you don't have to keep praying and praying and praying. Although I do believe in praying long and hard and to keep on praying. But we need to stop pleading and we need to start commanding and making declarations in Jesus' name. Let me give you an example of this. Zechariah 4 verse 7 says, Who are you, O great mountain? 
Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain with shouts of grace, grace to it. Well, the first thing that you get there, friends, put your name in there. Before, whatever your name is, who are you, a great mountain? Before, Don, Penny, Stephen, Adrian. Adrian, because song leader, we've got two Adrians here this morning. Okay, whoever, whatever you put your name in there, before you shall become a plain. So, friends, you know, it's time to talk to your mountain. Some of you need to say, hey, mountain, who are you? Who do you think you are? Do you know who you're dealing with? You're dealing here with a, a son of God, a daughter of God. You're dealing with someone in whom the resurrection power of Almighty God resides, who raised Jesus from the dead, who created the heavens and the earth. Hey, mountain, talk to me, mountain, talk to me. Who do you think you are? Because before me, you are going to become a plain. Have that kind of faith, friends. Are you with me? Okay, you understanding what we're saying? That's faith, friends. And so in our church, this is before my time. There's a neighbor, hated the church. Just hated it. So much so that he'd play music, loud music during all the services. During Sunday morning services, during weddings, during funerals, anytime, just loud music. He hated the church so much, he got his speakers and he took them 50 feet up the lawn. Put them right on the boundary, face towards the church. And so in West Auckland, we have a lot of very strong Polynesians from Samoa and Tonga and other places. And they came to the pastor and they said, Pastor, we can stop this music today. (laughs) Say the word. Declare the word and it shall be done. (laughs) He didn't give them permission. Have a guest ministry come through. I don't know how long the music has been going on for. And God gives a guest ministry this verse for that situation. So she says to the church, stand to your feet. Everyone stands to your feet. Face this property. They all face this property. They say, okay, together, we're going to shout grace to the mountain. So the whole church together, grace, grace. I don't know how many times, grace to the mountain. Well, within days, I'm told, the music stops. All the music stops. And then, short while after, the property comes on the market for sale. Guess who now owns that property? Church Unlimited <laughs> owns the property. How many of you are seeing how great is our God? Yeah. You know, how awesome is God? Like, there's just, there's nothing He cannot do. And, you know, that's why I share some of these stories because of, this is real life stuff. We've seen this stuff, sort of stuff happen. It works. God's word is true and it is powerful and it actually works. There was a mum in our church, the baby just wouldn't sleep all day, all night, pretty much wouldn't sleep at all. And so they took turns between the mum, the dad, the grandfather and the grandmother, just holding the baby and looking after it because it wouldn't sleep. It was just an absolute nightmare. It went on for, for months, I understand. Then the grandmother heard a message about breakthrough and declaration. And so she began to declare over the baby about it beginning to sleep, began to make a declaration, and she told me herself, she said, God, turn the situation around, and the baby began to sleep. Friends, we put up with too much. You have more authority than you realize. It's a bit like a muscle, though. That muscle may be fairly weak right now because it hasn't been exercised for a long time. I want to encourage you to start exercising your authority muscle, your declaration muscle, your faith muscle, 
And as, as you exercise it, it's going to grow and grow and grow. And then you'll get a stage where you can tackle bigger and bigger problems and see God come through and break through on your behalf. I remember once uh, <clears throat> years ago when I used to love playing golf. I don't, don't love it so much. <clears throat> Since I met Don, I've sort of lost interest in golf. <clears throat> Yeah, well, he just got so discouraged, I'd beat him all the time, you see. So <clears throat> he threw his clubs in the water and all kinds of stuff. It was really quite sad. So I said, look, the only way to keep him sane is I've got to give up golf. So this one, that's one big fat lie, all right? He's a very good golfer. He would beat me most times. <clears throat> it's because I'd let him, but anyway. <laughs> one day it's pouring with rain. This is when I used to love playing golf. And uh, I thought, man, there's a cloud, there's thick clouds up there. And I looked outside and I thought, oh, I should pray. Now I thought, no, nah, I'm not going to pray. The Spirit of God said to me, I dare you. <laughs> okay, all right. Push my shoulders out and you dare me, all right. I'm, I'm up for a dare. So I prayed. I said, God, in Jesus' name, I command the dark clouds to go, the rain to stop, and the sun to shine. I'm telling you, within 20 minutes, the rain stopped, the dark clouds went, and the sun began to shine. God was teaching me in those many years ago of the power that we actually have from Him, you know, as we make declarations with authority and with faith what God can do. My final point this morning before we make some declarations very soon is <clears throat> to declare blessing in God's call over others. You know that Jesus created new realities over people by declaration? <clears throat> Abram said, no, 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 I'm going to change your name. You're no longer Abram. You're now Abraham, the father of nations. And so every time someone said, Abraham, what did he hear? Father of many nations. Abraham, father of many nations. When his wife called him, Abraham, father of many nations. Guess what happened? He became a father of many nations. God changed his reality through declaration. What about Jacob? He's a deceiver, a liar, and a cheat. God says, no, no, I'm going to change your name too. You're no longer going to be Jacob. You're going to be Israel, a prince with God. He created a new reality over Jacob's life, and he became a mighty man of God and a prince with God. What about Gideon? Gideon's hiding away, you know, from the enemy, scared, terrified. And so the angel comes to him this time and says, hey, Gideon, <laughs> who's hiding away, scared chicken, mighty man of valor. I'm sure he looked around and thought, who on earth is they talking to? Because he just didn't think that was him. But see, God knew what was in Gideon. God could see the mighty man of Baal in Gideon. And so he began to speak it out. He began to declare it. And we know Gideon became a mighty leader. And friends, God can see things inside each of you that you can't even see yet. But there comes a time where, where people begin to see it. Maybe someone else begins to see it. And they begin to declare it and speak it out over your life. And a new reality gets created in your life to become the person God has called you to be. You see, God will never speak to you like you are today or as you feel you are. He'll only talk to you the way He knows what you can be. And that's what He'll speak into your life all the time. That's why prophecies, you know, you hear someone giving someone a prophecy and you look at the person you think, that's not right. Have you ever done that? I have. But it is right because God knows. God can see things in people that no one else can see. And sometimes God wants us to see things in people, begin to declare it over them, 
and make it a reality in their lives. One of the greatest ministries you and I can ever have is to speak reality over people's lives, speak ministry over their lives, speak the call of God over their lives, and then see them grow into what we know they can be because most people don't have the self-esteem to believe it. The only reason I'm doing the things I do today is God just gets, sends prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet. Across the world, I, prophets come to me and they keep speaking into my life and speaking into my life. I think, really? You're kidding. Really? Hardly been. Next prophet, same thing. Next prophet, again, again. Eventually, you start to believe. Because what's happening? They're creating a new reality. It was always in here, but I could never see it. And I, needed, I didn't have the self-esteem to believe it in many ways. It just seemed too much. But God kept saying it. Eventually, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so a number of years ago, I'm in Sri Lanka, maybe 10 years ago. <clears throat> this prophet, India's prophet, leading prophet, comes up to me and says, Tark, you need a television ministry. <laughs> I thought, yeah. <laughs> I thought, God, I thank you that prophets don't always get it right because that one is wrong. <laughs> I know it's wrong. I didn't want a television ministry. I'm not a television personality. I don't like wearing white suits. I don't, I'm, just, I'm just not a television person. I, I just was not, not, there wasn't one ounce of interest in being on television. And I still don't really like it. But I'm flying back from Singapore to Auckland. Spirit of God comes on me. Says, Tuck, that prophecy you got, that was me. I got the God gave me at that moment the, the gift of faith. So I'm like, I accept God, I'm not gonna do this. And the Spirit said, yes, you are. No, I'm not, yes, you are. No, I'm not, yes, you are. How many of you have ever won an argument with God? In nine months, we were on national television. God created a new reality over my life through the prophetic word. You see, friends, in the word is the power to perform it. We didn't have a camera. We didn't have a cameraman. We knew zero about television, nothing. But within nine months, God worked amazing things and made it a reality. Victory over your tongue and declarations may be as the musicians would come. The greatest accomplishment you may ever make in your life because you create an atmosphere around you. <clears throat> and what I'm really talking about today is creating an atmosphere of breakthrough around your life. You not, may not see breakthrough immediately on the day, but as you persist and keep praying and keep believing, I believe God has said that Church Unlimited has been marked by heaven for mighty breakthroughs. Not just breakthroughs, mighty breakthroughs. Expect to see it here in Church Unlimited, Whangarei. God's gonna do some mighty things. He's gonna do it on all our campuses, right across uh, wherever God places us because this is not a good idea. This is from the throne room of God, the God of mighty breakthroughs. Get ready to see some mighty breakthroughs in your life in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Stand together, shall we? <clears throat> we just sing the just the chorus part of how great is our God. Just sing it a couple of times. Just let your faith, we're gonna make some declarations very soon, but just let your faith rise. You see, how great is our God, that in itself is a declaration. Sometimes I think we need to sing, how great is my God? 
singing to your situation, whatever it is. If you want to sing, my God, go ahead and do it. All right, just going to sing it a few times and just let faith arise before we come to making some powerful declarations. There will be breakthroughs happen in this place today, I'm telling you. God promises to confirm His Word. He said He'd do it. So you speak breakthrough, there's going to be some breakthrough. We look forward to hearing the testimonies. How great. Thank you. And how great Sing it with all your heart. Make it a declaration this morning. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great and how great. your heads in prayer for a few minutes with me this morning. I want to speak to those who have come to the service today. And uh, you may not even be sure why you're here. Maybe someone invited you to the service, but somehow you find yourself here. Can I say you're not here by chance? This is divine appointment. God wanted you here in this place today to hear this message, to be a part of the service. Because God orchestrates every aspect of our life. Nothing is by chance. But some of you here today, you don't know Jesus. You're not a Christian. You're not saved. You've never invited Jesus to come into your life. You need some breakthroughs. You need to see some miracles. You need some answers to life. The first step is to give your life to Jesus Christ. The first step is to be saved. The Bible says in John 3, 16, you've heard it so many times. For God so loved the world, that includes you. He loves you. He loves you so much, He sent His only Son, Jesus. We're going to celebrate at Christmas soon. That whoever believes in Him, Believe in Jesus, shall not perish. People say, well, what does that mean? Perish means you end up in eternity in the wrong place. It's a place called hell, a place of suffering and torment. We don't like to talk about it, but it's a real place. Shall not perish, but instead, if you believe in Jesus, you have everlasting life. What's that mean? It means when you die, you go to heaven to be with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. And in heaven, there's no pain, no sorrow, no sickness, no torment, no loneliness, no depression, no discouragement. There's, there's nothing bad in heaven. It's a, the most wonderful, wonderful place. But the only way to heaven, the only way to, to, to salvation is through Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus and you want to, you'll let me pray with you. I'd love to do that. Or maybe you once knew Jesus, but today you're far from God. You're far from God. And you know you need to come back to Him. If that is you, I want to pray with you. So just while people are praying this morning, if that is you and you want to give your life to Jesus, you'll let me pray for you. Or you're far from God and you want to come back to Jesus this morning. If that is you this morning, would you right now just raise your hand and just hold it up for a few moments until I acknowledge it, until I see it. And then we're going to pray in about a, a minute's time. We're going to pray a simple prayer together. Yeah, God bless you. There's two hands back there. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. There's two there. Others here this morning, you don't know Jesus. You're not here by chance. 
This is your opportunity. Please don't leave here without Jesus. You might say another time, another place. That time and place may not come. You may not darken a church door again. This day has come. Today has come. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Today, today, now, this morning is the time for your salvation. If you do not know Jesus, I don't know if you know him, but you know. You know if you know Jesus. You know if you're saved. You know if you're right with God. I'm talking to those who are not saved, those you know you're far from God. Who else is going to join these two hands I've seen already and say, yes, This morning is my time. I'm going to give my life to Jesus today. Would you please raise your hand right now? Don't wait for anyone else. This is your moment. Just slip up your hand. Slip up your hand. Who else? There's another hand over right far right hand side. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, God. We'll pray for you real soon. All right. Friends, it's worth waiting for people to give their lives to Jesus. Who else this morning is ready to say, join these three so far and say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life today. This is my time. There's another two hands over here. Four and five. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Come on, church. Just keep praying. You see, your prayers, Satan holds people bound in chains. He holds them captive. Our prayers is what breaks the chains. Our prayers is what opens blinded eyes. Our prayers is what sets people free. That's why we always say to our church, come on, church, pray, pray, because there are others here probably who need to find Jesus. They may never have another chance again, but this chance has come. So if we just pray for another minute with me, and we'll see who else is here to join the five that have already raised their hands today. Who else would you please lift your hand right now? Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. We love you. God loves you. Who else this morning? I'll tell you what happens at this moment right now. The devil begins to whisper in the air and he says, hey, don't listen to him. There's no heaven. There's no hell. You'll be okay. You're fine as you are. Friends, that's the voice of Satan to take you to the wrong place. Don't listen to that voice. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit that's calling you to himself right now. There's something stirring in your heart and you know you need to raise your hand. You know you need to be saved. You know you need to get right with God. Who else is there this morning? Quickly, I've got 30 more seconds before we pray. Would you raise your hand right now? Others here today. This is your time. This is your day. The last thing I'm going to say is this. The biggest thing I know that stops people doing this is fear. They want to do it. Friends, how long are you going to let fear stop you doing what you know you should do? We bind up that spirit of fear right now. We command it to go in Jesus' name, and we set captives free in the name of the Lord. Don't let fear stop you. Give your life to Jesus. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Asking one more time, who else? You're not going to listen to the voice of the devil. You're not going to listen. Let fear stop you. And don't worry about what people think. Just worry about what God thinks. My last call, who else? There's still time? Just raise your hand. Who else? Just raise your hand. 15 more seconds before we pray. There's still time. We'll wait for you. God will wait for you. Just get that hand up. If you know you need to do this, just get that hand up right now. We're about to pray. Anyone else? Yeah, God bless you. There's another hand over there. Fantastic. So cool. I'm glad we waited for you. I'm done. Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, what are we going to do now? And this is really important. If you raised your hand, even if you didn't raise your hand, your friends can come. I'm going to come down these stairs. I want to meet you. I want to shake your hand. I'm going to lead you in the greatest prayer you'll ever pray in your life. And in that moment, your sins will be forgiven and you will be saved and your name written in heaven. If you raised your hand, or even if you didn't raise your hand, but you know you should have, 
Would you please come out? Ladies up the back there, would you just come right up the, over the side here? Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming over here. Come and join us. Fantastic. Give him a big hand, church. Come and do it. Fantastic. Yeah, you, you can just face me. You can just face me, all right? Yeah. Just, just face this way. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. 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 Awesome. This is amazing. I just move you back half a meter. Half there, find this, find that. Fantastic. What a great decision. We're going to have our counselors ready right now to come and talk with these people and collect their names and just help them understand what they're up. Fantastic. God bless you. Fantastic. God bless you. God bless you. Fantastic. God bless you too. Fantastic. Wonderful. Welcome. Yeah, you can give me a big hug. Okay, it's a great, great moment, is it? So we're just going to pray this prayer as the counselors are coming and going to join us in just a moment. Okay, just pray this prayer with me, and then they're going to take you uh, somewhere. I'm not sure which way do you guys go, Penny? This way, you're going to go that way with Penny. She's uh, Don's wife, pastor's wife, and they're going to answer any questions you might have and take good care of you, all right? So just pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, church, can we all pray? Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me, and you died on the cross for me. I confess my sins and ask you to forgive me. Now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to follow you, love you, serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Fantastic. Woohoo! Don't go away. Don't go away, lady. If you go follow Penny over there, just follow her out that way. Your friends can go and join you as well. They're going to take some great care of you. All right, who's ready to make some declarations this morning? All right. Okay, so they're going to come up on the screen, most of them. But the first one that we're going to have is, by his stripes, I am healed. There we go. So we declare it three times. It's not just noise. All right. It's faith. Receive healing this morning. Expect God to do something. Three times and then our, our drummer and our musicians, they know what to do. We, after we set it free, we give the Lord a clap. Why do we clap? It's like we've scored a try. It's like we've kicked a goal. It's like we've just won a victory. And when that happens, you, how many of you clapped when the All Blacks won? I bet all of you did. Hey, well, this is bigger than the All Blacks. Much bigger. You ready? Three times. By His stripes, I am healed. Let's go. By His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. Healing. 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 We receive it, God. We receive it, God. We receive healing now. We receive it, God. Make sure you receive after we've prayed. Make sure you receive it, all right? Because the real key, the key is faith. Declaration and faith, not just noise. Next one is all my family will be saved. How many of you have unsaved family and friends? That's a, this is a big one, isn't it? There's a big one. And expect to see lots and lots and lots of people saved every, every you know, from week by week, just to keep coming to Jesus, because that's the great commission that we have. Let's go three times. All my family will be saved. Let's do it. All my family will be saved. All my family will be saved. All my family will be saved. I receive it. God, I receive it. God, I receive it. 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 I receive it
Just visualize those people that you're praying for standing at this altar. Just see it in your mind's eye right now. That's faith, friends. See them surrendering to Jesus. Just a moment, God can open a heart. Just a moment. Don't think anyone's too hard. They're not. Okay, the next one. I declare blessing on my work and finances. Anyone good for that? Okay, let's go three times. I declare blessing on my work and finances. I declare blessing on my work and finances. I declare blessing on my work and finances. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So expect a promotion. Expect a financial blessing. Expect a miracle of money to come in, all right? Expect it, all right? This is what Church Unlimited Whangarei is now all about. So next one, Church Unlimited Whangarei will impact Northland. And how many of you believe that's going to happen? We're going to do this, church. We are going, I'm telling you, we are just up in Kaitai last night and tell you there is a buzz. There's a feeling. One of the leaders came up to me and he said, Kaitai will never be the same. Never be the same with Church Unlimited there as well and the other churches as well. There's a sense God's going to do something uh, in this whole region. So this is a big one, church. I want you to really pray it with faith. Okay, we're looking outward now. We looked inward now, outward. Three times on this one. Let's go. Church Unlimited, Whangarei, will impact Northland and beyond. Church Unlimited, Whangarei, will impact Northland and beyond. Church Unlimited, Whangarei, will impact Northland and beyond. God do it. Church Unlimited Whangarei will greatly increase and multiply. Now God can determine how that looks, all right? But we're going to believe it. I know it's going to happen. So let's declare it with faith together three times. Let's go. Church Unlimited Whangarei will greatly increase and multiply. Church Unlimited Whangarei will greatly increase and multiply. Church Unlimited Whangarei will greatly increase and multiply. Yeah. We've gone a little bit over time, but here's the last one. There will be a great revival in Whangarei and Northland. Three times. Let's go. There will be a great revival in Whangarei and Northland. There will be a great revival in Whangarei and Northland. There will be a great revival in Whangarei and Northland. Open the heavens wide as we close. This is a declaration over Whangarei, over Northland. Open the heavens wide. Yeah, open it up, God. 